What's up, world, and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff podcast, where hip hop heads discuss hip hop topics. On today's show, we'll first dive into a couple of news nuggets, such as legendary hip hop producer Pete Rock suing legendary MC Nas. We'll also give our reactions to the new track by Benny the Butcher and J. Cole, Johnny P's Caddy. Then we'll discuss Complex naming Tyler the Creator the best rapper alive. Then we'll dive into an in-depth interview with legendary DJ, DJ Fan. As he'll share his personal experiences in the world of DJing, as well as advice for aspiring DJs. Then for our album face-off, we'll be putting Black Moon's Rise of the Moon against the Black Eyed Peas, Masters of the Sun, and weigh in on which one we felt was better and why. Then the crew will share what they've been loving for the week. So with that, please kick back. Enjoy the show. Yo, what's good, Vince? What's up, man? Yeah, what's good with you? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Uh, how, how's life treating you? Treating you, man. So, excited. Get back in the gym. So... Oh, you say you're getting back in the gym? Yeah, man. Trying to get back, get back into reasonable shape. Trying to get some, get my muscle tone and stuff back. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I uh, since December, man, I've been going for walks uh through the through Beverly. When I get, you know, if I get off work at a decent enough time, I'll, I'll walk for it. I do eat between three and four miles, and um and just yeah, just walk. And, Sometimes I jog, yeah, just to get the blood flowing. You know what I mean? Work, yeah. get my endurance back up. <laughs> That's the main thing. It's circulation, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting that together, and it's it's so far so so good, man. I've lost a little weight, not as much as I was hoping to, but you know, it's it's it's. I feel better. You know what I mean when I do it. You know, when I don't do it, I feel worse. I feel lethargic. You know what I mean, but. When I do it, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly like I feel less stressed, and I'm in a better mood. Yeah. So, you know, it's, feel it's more yeah, yeah, and I sleep better. <laughs> you know, and I sleep better. So I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it, man. And eventually, I'm gonna try to work my way up to, to five miles, then six miles. You know, all of that. But right now, I'm sticking it. You know, do do three or four. At least twice a week, so you know the the, the whole the whole gym thing, man. I ain't, I ain't ready for the gym thing yet. I, I that's I I feel like I'm walking into like a, an exclusive club when I going into a gym, man. And it's like, yeah, feel like fresh meat. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny because the way I've been working out, other than my lower body, it's been very low weights, and I've been like doing my reps to failure. Because I'm trying to build strength. I'm not trying to build muscle mass. I don't need that. Okay. Yeah, because you're already so, kind of a, a solid dude. Yeah, so I go in there, and they're looking at me like, like with my size and whatnot, and then they see me pumping these low weights, and they're like, what is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, right. Build that tone back. But my lower body, I'm trying to build the muscle back because I have knee injuries that, that just that took all of the definition away from compensation 
Once it was oh, okay, okay. So now I'm just trying to build that back up strong. Yeah, you gotta take care of them knees, man. You gotta take care of them knees, especially at our age, man. Your your, yeah. your knees go out. You ain't got nothing coming. <laughs> man, man, I'm halfway there. So I was like, I gotta do something because it's not gonna do anything but get worse. So have to right. do something. Right, right. It'll it'll it'll, it'll just degenerate. But uh, but yeah, man, that's cool. That's cool. Um, I'm waiting. Of course, I'm waiting on a couple of other people at least. But I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive right into our news nuggets for the night, man. We got some new music that didn't drop, man. Have you heard the new track from Benny the Butcher and J Cole? Man, you know I heard. <laughs> Bro, man, it's it's. Uh, uh, last Friday, I was at work and I got a text from Reggie. Like, yo, have you heard this yet? You need to check this out. And I'm like, yeah, okay, Benny and, and Cole. I'm like, that's a that sounds like a decent combo, man. But I wasn't ready, man. I was not ready. <laughs> I don't know if anybody was. I tell you one thing though. Now this is when you have like healthy competition on the same song. I was loving it. Man. Absolutely, absolutely. Because he was like, he was like, man, Cole went off. Cole, you know, Cole just just stole the track he's like this might be the verse of the year already and i was like i was like yo low-key i kind of like benny's verse a little better but then but then i went back and listened to it a second time i was like nah i was bugging cold did snap yeah because benny did it's funny because they both did what they usually do right But, but benny was still doing you know exactly what he does j cole did a nice contrast with his with the you know the way he put like talking about the streets and these people went hard and it's just like the contrast he did was it was just dope yeah yeah it, it was man it was and and the beat man the alchemist did an excellent job on that beat man it just sounded very uh just you know wistful and somber man like it, it struck the right tone for what they were actually rapping about you know yeah. and uh Cole just he just put it put it all out there, man. And that was one of them, you know, I'm putting the industry on notice type verses, you know. Yeah. That's what I love though. Like I said, it was so competitive because at the same time they both were talking about how they the best. And um it was like, Well, I'm gonna show you why I'm the best and then they they Cole like, well, I'm gonna show you why I'm the best. And then it was just like they probably was like, man, this this song is gonna kill them when we drop it. That, that's exactly what they probably said after they both heard it together. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I wonder how long they've been they they've had that one in the can and whose album it's gonna be on. Cause I know Benny's got something slated to drop this year, and I heard Cole had another project that he was gonna drop that was supposed to be like his final, you know, his final LP or whatever. So. I'd be anxious to see who whose album that track ends up on. Uh, but but then again, Cole is known for doing these little singles that, you know, don't land on an album, you know, so that's possible too. Yeah. You know, but uh I, man, boy did I like what, what we got. But uh yo, did you hear about P Rock uh suing Nas? Yeah, I've I've caught wind of it. I haven't read anything about it, but I call, man. Okay, okay. Yeah, so apparently, uh, let me let me read the article, read directly from the article here. So um, 
He said, this is the lawyer for Pete Rock. She said, uh, she said they're going to have to give us some accounting for us to know what's going on concerning the 1994 track. And then when I go to the article, sorry, my uh, computer is acting slow. Let's see here. Okay. I'm trying to find a quote from, um, from Pete Rock here. Yo, what's going on, Pat? Yo, what up, what up? What's up, Vince? Man, how you doing, man? Good, good. What's good, my brother? Man, not much, man. Just, just wrapping up my little Twitch set I'll be doing every uh, Monday. So, uh, you know, just to have something to do. Ah, oh, I dig it, man. I dig it. I dig it. Gotta stay busy. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta stay busy. But um, as sharp as possible, too. Right, 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 right. Okay, then. But yeah, I was I was actually just getting into this little story. I don't know if you heard about this too, Pat, uh, about uh, uh, Pete Rock having to sue Nas. Yes. Uh, for I unpaid did. royalties concerning the title track, uh, The World Is Yours from Illmatic. And what's interesting, uh, the I'm reading from this article, his the lawyer representing Pete Rock said, uh, we are getting ready to begin a settlement discussion. Um, and they're going to have to give us an accounting for for us to know what's going on. If we can't come to something agreeable, then we'll have no choice but to file a lawsuit. As far as how Rock is feeling, the lawyer's answer comes quick. I guess I would say that he feels it's a question of respect and equity. So coincidentally, uh, The World Is Yours is the only single from Illmatic that went gold. Um, so, you know, Pete Rock has always been given you know his his producer and, and writer credits for that song but apparently when it came to the back end with some of the money or all of the money i should say he he, he apparently hasn't seen one penny which is kind of you know disappointing you know to, to say the least you know you hate to hear about two legends linking together for such a legendary track you know for the culture and then one of them not not seeing anything uh on the back end what, what, what was y'all's reaction to this story? Well, I wonder how much of that is Nas's fault. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, in Nas's defense, you know, this was his first album. You know, everything was probably on the homeboy level. It was probably a lot of verbal agreements. Yeah, I'll come through, do a track for you, no problem, blah, 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 blah. And this was his debut album. So it wasn't like he was very experienced at the time when it came to the business end of things so while it might fall on Nas like I, I don't I don't think it was anything that was done maliciously I think this was just an oversight yeah yeah that's I what it's probably sounding like I'm sorry go ahead man. no you go ahead go ahead yeah I was just gonna say because it's like Nas don't seem like that's in his character you know and and you know Pete Rock like I know they don't want they don't want beef, but sometimes, like, you know, when it comes down to business, you gotta, you know, do certain things, put certain things in motion to, you know, get to take care of yours and, and your family. So, you know, le the legal aspect may have, uh, you know, had to get involved. They had to get, you know, laws, lawyers, excuse me, involved in order to uh, complete the process. My question would be though, how did the story get out? Did was it like Pete Rock on social media or because I'm 
Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was a social media post or an interview he did, but they he was asked about this was a, roughly a month ago, and they asked Pete Rock if he had any New Year's resolutions, and he said my New Year's resolution is to get is to finally get paid for my work on the world is yours. And he was, he said something about, you know, Nas's people have been ducking me, but he was like, I really need to get my royalties from that record in 2022. So that's yeah. what kind of resurrected the the, the the story, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, you know, I'm like Pete Rock, man, is like, a, you know, when it comes to the, the uh, hip hop skyline in New York, you know, he he's like a, a, a tower there, and you know that I know that that uh, Nas has a utmost respect for him. So I, I'm thinking it may be some law issues, you know, at at hand that you know, because he said he reached out to Nas people. So yeah, that makes sense. Right, makes right. Sense. What's good, Jamil? You knew that was Jamil. Yeah, what's happening? What's happening? Well, I, I love to, I, I love to add for the Wu Tang man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was gonna say too. I was always curious as to why Nas and Pete Rock never did another record together since Illmatic. You know, because you know they they seem to mesh well. You know, like peanut butter and jelly. You know, and I'm like. You know, a lot of people were kind of pining for a for a Nas Primo album, but I kind of I kind of felt a Nas P Rock album would have been even better. But that, that I guess that would explain why we haven't seen a seen a collab from them, um, you know, since. But Jamil, did you did you have any thoughts on that story? I just was kind of shocked. Um, I didn't really research it too much to see exactly what it was, you know, what was behind it, but. Um, I, I just thought it was a bad look for hip hop for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, get like your I money said, right. You gotta, you gotta get that. It's, it's all business at the end of the day. But it just, it kind of saddened me to know that that was taking place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, like, like I, I don't think it was anything malicious behind it. I, I think it was just a, a, a really, really bad oversight, you know, and right. or a, a rookie mistake, basically, you know, and. and unfortunately the, these things happen but um but you know fortunately like pete rock he he hasn't whenever they come out and they do these illmatic you know celebrations and anniversaries and whatnot he always comes out shows the support you know he never really you know until recently he never really spoke on you know any dissatisfaction you know with that project but um you know hopefully they can get it straightened out yeah it doesn't, it doesn't seem like um like Pete Rock is really going at nah, nah. But, but you know, people are gonna write it the way they need to for people to get eye, to get eyes on it. Of course. Um, it seems like he's just he just wants his money, but it's not really at Nas because that's the business side. It's not exactly. like like Nas, you ain't you know, not directed at him. It's just he just wants his money. Yeah. yeah. It it kind of makes you wonder too, like how many other like legendary classic hip-hop staples whether it's songs or albums like people haven't gotten paid from i i know it's like a laundry list of of stuff you know especially you know in the 80s when hip-hop was like 
an infant and they were kind of making things up as they went along. But, you know, I, I, it just kind of made me think because I know Dilla, a lot of his stuff, he was given to to comment, like, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, he wasn't even asking for no money. And I wonder how many other tracks he's given away or people, other producers have done that or, you know, gave writing credit. And like, I ain't see a dime from that, but it's all good, like, you know. Yeah, right. I man, I know some cats personally, like on the local level, who have had, you know, stuff pop up on the radio or on people's albums, and you know, mm. I'm like, yo, isn't that your beat? And and sure enough, you know what I mean? They they, just, they were just being sloppy, you know, not protecting their stuff. You know, it, it, I don't think it was a case where they missed out on any any plaques or nothing like that. But you know, man, a little something would have been nice, but. You know that's that's kind of the business you know unfortunately some people you know learn through mistakes like that and you know as long as they learn from it you know they they're they're better businessmen for it in the end but i i, I know personal examples where, where, where that's happened you know so I, i'm sure it's a long list you know <laughs> so yeah but yeah you got to protect yourself on the back end but um diving real quick into our first topic for the evening man Complex Magazine, which which I do support, they just named their best rapper alive for the year 2021, I believe, or the year going into the year 2022. And apparently they do this every year. They they've done it for every year since 1979, where they've named the best rapper alive for that year. And for this past year, they actually uh, officially named Tyler, the creator, uh, best best rapper alive right now. So. I wanted to get y'all's reaction to that, to that award. How how do y'all feel about Tyler winning it this year? I mean, I don't think it's that's true. But I mean, a lot of times, it, I think it'd be more involved. It's it's more it's some fanfare stuff involved because he didn't spit the the heart the he didn't spit the best lyrics this year. It's that simple. Okay. Okay. Understood. Understood. J- Jamil, how you feel? Lil Baby is the best artist of the, of the alive right now. <laughs> um, I think that uh, Complex does a lot of clickbaity stuff. Um, I don't know how much they actually believe in it. I think Vince is on to something as far as there being something else involved. Um, because if we're going with just you know, who made the biggest splash of the year, just musically, how is it not J. Cole? Like, I think Cole pretty unanimously had the best album of the year last year. Um, and his feature game was was kind of stuffed up. Like, he had the best album and, you know, arguably the best verse on the best single of the year. Tyler didn't do either of those things. His album was, was crazy, but it wasn't he ain't had a year Cole had. Okay, okay. Pat, you 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 have an opinion on Tyler? Um, man, not really, uh, because I'm not like uh, I don't think I've ever listened to a, a one of his entire albums. You know, my buddy was I was talking to him. You know, we grew up together and kind of have like a lot of the same tastes and um he was telling me his new album was was really good but so 
I feel like I can't really, you know, I don't have an opinion, a valid opinion on it, you know, but I'm like, best rapper a lot. I, I don't understand that whole, you know, because I'm like, dude, like, okay, how many rappers have died? Like, you would be classified as the best rapper a lot. So I'm like, all right, this must just be some, like, new, uh, just, I don't know, like, the whole GOAT thing. It's just like, come on, yeah. man. It's, it's like an life. Yeah. It's like the sexiest man of the year. Like, how is somebody else sexier next year? <laughs> yeah, the year previous. Right. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I, the labeling. I, yeah. I, I, you know what? You bring up a good point, Jamil. I, I, I felt it should have went to Cole. I feel like, it, honestly, if, you, if you're taking into account who made the biggest splash musically, really, Nas should be in the conversation. Um, you know, because he was definitely the MVP for, for, for 2021. But like, I don't have a problem. I don't have a huge problem with it. Now, I did a little research because I'm like, well, maybe they didn't give it to Cole because they've given it to Cole another year. But then when I rewind, you know, did my research to see what other rappers have won it within the past 10 years, they, they still haven't. They ne- never declared Cole the best rapper alive. So, Kendrick, yeah. Drake a couple of times, but J. Cole, no. So if you want to make that argument, that is a valid argument. However, I'm kind of not mad at it. <laughs> I, I, I feel he he's earned, Tyler has at, at the very least earned the right to be in a conversation. Because here's the thing, man. Like, like okay, okay, the majority, when I look at my anchor analytics, the majority of my listeners are between the ages of 35 and 45, okay? Which is exactly shocking. Who, shocking. Which is exactly who, who this podcast is for. And if you talk to anybody between that age in that age group, and you say, "What do you What do you like in an MC?" They're gonna say originality. They're gonna say an MC with, with some lyrical skill. Somebody who's not scared to experiment. Somebody who isn't a carbon copy of other MCs. And then when someone like Tyler comes along. We're reluctant to give him his props. When it comes to checking off the boxes of what we at least say we look for in, a, in an MC, in a dope MC, Tyler kind of checks off all the boxes. And then, you know, but I, I often find that the response to him is that, like, ah, he weird, you know. And I think we just it need is. to quit front, man, and give him his props. Go, go yeah. ahead, Jamil. No, I'm saying I, I agree. He is weird, though. That's that's the biggest knock on him. Um, and he's he's like weird, like beyond <laughs> weird. We accept some weirdo rap stuff. Yeah, he's uncomfortably weird. Right. <laughs> like, you know, Lupe is a weirdo. Logic is a weirdo. Uh, Kendrick, to some degree, you know, get on some weirdo stuff. Uh, Tyler is Tyler is something that Tyler is the Eric Andre of MCs. He just happens to be dope. Yeah, I mean, I could live with that though. Like, I could live with that. I would I would rather I would rather see it go to him than go to Drake again. Agreed. Agree with you. You know, or Kanye. Or um who else would they have tried to give it into? I think Nicki Minaj won like a, a particular year. I can't remember which one, but I mean uh, I I I got my own personal issues with with, with Nikki being the considered the greatest anything, but yeah, that's not here nor there. But 
Uh, man, I, I can't front. I, I'm not mad at it. He he delivered a, a very dope experimental a left field album, but at the end of the day, it was still dope music that he gave us. And yeah, you know, right. all I feel it could have went just just it could have arguably have went to J Cole or Nas. I'm not mad at it going a title. Yeah, you now that you say it like that, you're right because like I think he was he was more of a surprise this year than J. Cole or Nas. Cause I didn't even he wasn't even on the radar. Then all of a sudden it's it's his I'm hearing the album is out of his and it's just like crazy dope. So I'm like, let me check it out. And I was like uh surprised how how nice it was, how much I liked it, because he's always made me cringe in certain ways. So so I, I, I can't be mad at it either. I think, you know, a lot of people sometimes they leave bigger impressions because it's unexpected. Yeah. yeah. It could be some of that involved. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, hey, it, it, it could have been, it could have gone to a way worse candidate, you know, if you ask me. But I, I, what I did find interesting, like, they they don't have a terribly, Complex doesn't have a terribly good track record, at least in recent years of naming the best rapper alive. Uh, for 2020, they 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 gave it to Lil Baby. That's you right. <laughs> when it could have it could have very well gone to Killer Mike, Freddie Gibbs, Benny the Butcher. You know, all those dudes I would have gave it over over Lil Baby. In 2019, they gave it to Dub Baby. So, oh, there's, there's some there's some mainstream there's some mainstream um, stuff going on. Oh yeah, it's definitely a bias. Like they're not, I don't seem like a lot of people. Yeah, how many how how much music are they even listening to to be able to narrow it down? You know what I'm saying? Like it seems like it just of the radio hits. And who is it? That's what I would question too. Like, okay, who are these people? Yeah, yeah. Who's the panel? Logic and his cousins. (laughs) (laughs) I might have to agree with you there even though he should have won it one year if it it was him but I don't even think they've given it to him yet but uh, nah because then what would he complain about right right he can't he can't complain about being uh, underrated anymore so All right, man. So that'll bring us to our next segment for the evening, man. We got a very special guest in the house who's been with us before. But uh, this time around, we will be interviewing him. If you know, you know, um, you know, if, if you in our circle, this is a, a man who needs no introduction. Uh, he is a DJ extraordinaire who's been putting it down for years. Uh, one of one of Chi-Town's finest. Uh, now through Arizona, presented you know through Arizona, <laughs> he had to relocate, but we we know that Chicago was still in him, man, and that's uh, our friend DJ Fam, uh, aka Pat. So he's been a dude who's been rocking parties for years, man. Uh, somebody who I've always admired, you know, from a distance, just you know, just the way he did his thing, you know. And I'm sure I speak for everybody here when I say that. And uh, me and Jamil and. Vince, if you got any questions you want to interject with, feel free. 
Uh, I just had a few questions, man. I wanted to, to ask you uh, and interview you with for the evening to kind of shed some light on not just your own personal experiences with DJing, but the, the, the world of DJing, you know, uh, as a whole and kind of, you know, just just uh, uh, pull back the curtain a little bit for us. So uh, we're going to get into it, man. We're going to get into it. So uh, my first question, man, Pat, um, uh, when did you begin DJing and how did it start? Man, well, first of all, man, thanks for the the all the kind things you said in the in the introduction. I appreciate that. Um, when did I begin DJing? Uh, it was ninety five, I think. Yeah, ninety five. I it was something like I always wanted to do that. I just was like you know, in love with. And like, it was kind of like a common thread throughout my life from like even my earlier years. Like, you know, I kept having these like fantasies and, and run-ins with other, D, you know, DJs. And, you know, they was like, beat it, kid. You know, because, <laughs> you know, going to, <laughs> going to uh, uh, you know, parties and stuff and just like zeroing in on the dj like man this is dope like you know and, and so 95 i finally got a job uh out of high school and you know because mama couldn't afford you know turntables and, and and a mixer so um but i had been like all through high school probably in my sophomore year i had been buying records and not really like with the determination of like, I'm gonna be a DJ. I just loved going to the record store and I would spend like my weekends, a half a day at school. I would just go and buy records and, you know, go home and listen to them. And what was really like fueling that was me uh like in love with like songs that artists were sampling and okay. so i would just be in rec in the record store reading the back of records you know and just trying to figure out you know where did these guys get these samples from because i, I at one time some artists would have to put in their uh when they in their credits on their albums who they sample, you know, so it would be like contains excerpts of and then it would have the song. And so you could find them that way or you would like hear it on the radio, you know, or Curb Kent. And then when I moved to Hyde Park, uh, I could get HWHBK, which was oh, yes. the University of Chicago College Station. And every Thursday they had the Dusty Party at Thursday night. So when I got out the meeting, I was like straight home listening, recording off the radio and, and you know, just like super excited about just music in general. So that was kind of like, you know, once I graduated, I was like, man, I got all these records. I'm gonna get some turntables. And you know, that's basically <laughs> the, the long of it. Okay, okay. So 95, so that's man, 27 years. Yeah, HBK, I remember HBK, man. I, I having the you, you had to be in a certain area to even pick them up, you know? 
Yeah. WKKC, I could get no problem mm-hmm. usually. But yeah, HBK, because they that they were the ones who really gave you that like that local underground flavor too. Like that's where I heard the moment. Um, I'm pretty sure that's mm-hmm. where I heard Common for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, man, yeah, that's cool. They would bless you with a whole. They would be like, "All right, Common's new album is out," and they would play the whole thing. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were HBK was next level, and it was all like unedited, you know, because they were college station. Yeah, yeah so. so that was dope. I, I man, I I probably still got some tapes at my parents' house, you know, with some stuff on there from yeah. HBK and KKC. <laughs> um, yeah. so next question: Who were the most influential DJs to you as you entered into the world of DJing and and, and started getting used to the craft? Hmm. Influential to me was um, probably, um, I would say first off, uh, DJ Gant, man. His, uh, a friend of mine, I live in the, um, we live in the same building. He was doing parties and breaking battles. And uh, he, you know, was like, man, can you come and DJ? And you know, put me on the fly or whatever. I was like, cool. And he knew Gantman. And so Gantman would come through and spin too, because Gantman wasn't just a house DJ. You, you know, Chicago DJs, even though they like focus on one thing, like Gantman did with juke music, he could play hip hop too. So, you know, he just didn't have a record. So he would use my records. And, you know, he'd come through the crib, we hang out and you know, he showed me a few things, and then it would have to be my my homie uh, DJ SP, super influential uh, to me, and DJ Sean Doe, DJ J Dot, and then a little bit more, you know, that well known. I would have to say uh, Twilight Tone, like Twilight Tone mm-hmm. was a, a party rocker, like legendary Chicago Dim Dare you know, 90s club scene in Chicago, party rocker. And it wasn't so much me like watching over his shoulder or asking him questions. It was just mostly like me listening to him. Like I could hear what he was playing, how he was playing it. And I was like, okay, like, you know, this is what I have to do because the ladies love Twilight Tone. And that was like, that was something new. (laughs) That was something new to like hip hop because if you were around in like the early 90s, you go to like a party and it was like a breaking battle. Uh, There was no females there. You know, it'd be mostly guys, but going to like a dim dare, yeah, going to a dim dare uh, uh, event or party tone was spinning that girls was actually coming to hear tone like you and it was like interesting like oh like there's girls that like hip-hop that like tribe that like Dela. so that was like like new and i was like okay i know i i need to be like well-rounded like he is and then um mustafa rocks was uh he was um friends with with my boy sp and i would go over his house after school and this dude was just you know him and his brothers they all had their own crib and so they would like no parental supervision or anything and he had turntables and 
Like he had these, uh, his turntables were on like a baker's rack, one of those like wire uh, rack shelves. Oh, and yeah. he had chain, he had like four chains on each corner that went into the ceiling. So his his decks kind of was swaying from side to side. And man, <laughs> dude, I used to just be standing there watching this dude like, oh my God, like. And then of course, since it was his crib, they could bang the music. So, you know, it was just, that was like another, you know, watching him get down. I was like, man, this dude is, is where I want to be. Uh, so those were like big influences in my that's life. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's so dope, man. Now, uh, what what role coming up in Chicago, uh, where house music is real big? What role did house music play in your career as a DJ coming up? And did you notice a point where hip hop kind of officially took over house music? Yeah, like you know, house music in my early early uh in my life was you know there and i liked house music you know back in like the early 80s when it was new i was real young you know still a kid but you know my sister and cousins you know they liked it so i would you know be hanging out with them and listening to house but then you know like i fell in love with hip-hop that was like more my speed but you know how chicago is so segregated so everybody has to, you know, represent something or, you know, someone. So it was like you had people that was house and then you had people that were claimed to be hip hop. So the house people we call like because we were into like me and my homies was into like graffiti and, you know, and hip hop. And, and they was like, you know, we call people that was in the house ducks like, hey, oh, y'all some house ducks. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't, it was like, that was just, it was kind of that divide. But then once I started, like, you know, I got a little bit older and, you know, record shopping, I started, you know, coming across like the disco records and I'm like, man, this is dope. Like, you know, like I, I, I like this. So I started to, you know, start out as a hip hop DJ, but slowly I saw like, man, I'm gonna have to get, you know, hot music by Soho and Funkin' Nova by Brasswood and still like all these Chicago staple, you know, house music songs. And so it started to, you know, gradually infiltrate my, my record collection. So that was kind of the, the, the you know, how, it, how I got back into liking house again from you know, hating yeah. it and the, and the people that represented it <laughs> for foolish reasons. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I was always curious about that. Um, now, uh, uh, do you or have you dabbled in any hip hop production or uh, even producing mixtapes? Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, in in production. Like I had got, I went out. You know, because I was DJing, I started to, uh, you know, just get it, have an ear for music and listen and hear how uh, a lot of um, producers were using these songs that, that they were sampling. So I like eventually got into, you know, the production side. I went and saved a few bucks and grabbed my, uh, 
grabbed the MPC 2000. And uh, I started to uh, learn how to use it. You know, had a boy that I worked with that uh, he, he had one and I would come and pick his brain like, hey, how do I do this and do that? And, you know, he was such a good explainer, like without, you know, YouTube or having right. the machine physically there, he would like break it down to me so well. So, yep, I got into that. That had to be about 97 when I, when I started producing. And so I would bring, I would make, you know, beat tapes and I would bring them to work, like let my coworkers hear and they'd be like, nah, I don't like that, but I like number five. And, you know, <laughs> so eventually one day, cause I had a, I don't know if you guys remember mini disc players. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I had a mini disc player. So my mini disc player, I let one of my friends see it and he came back he came over to my desk and was like, hey man, like he had this dude with him. He was like, this my boy, he rap. And so like, you know, he wanna use some of your beats. And he was like, yeah, I got a crew. We call Embassy Affiliates. They was like a local rap group, you know? And, I, and he was like, man, we gonna get some studio time and we wanna, you know, lay some songs down over your music. I was like, really? Like, okay, like, yeah. You know, so <laughs> he was like, you know, like, yeah, let's do it. So I would go to and sit in next studio sessions and sit with the engineer and, and you know, like just watch him work and, you know, just fi figure things out. So they did an album. It had about 10 songs on it. I still have it. I listen to it from time to time and laugh, you know, but it's cool. And then my boy that was doing the breaking battles, he was like, he wanted to do a compilation. My boy Nick, his crew, his uh, the name of his crew or company was called Humble Quest. And so he was like, man, um, I'm gonna go to the studio and I need, just give me, like they got an NPC, just give me your disc and I'm gonna take it and we gonna lay some tracks down. And then he comes back like a week later with this CD and he was like, yo, check this out. And it's the uh, rapper Juice had rapped over what? one of my beats. Yeah, like, the, <laughs> I was like, dude, yeah, yo. I still had that song. So it was like, man, like, I was like, dude, like for real? Like, and it's just Juice, you know, it was, it was a beat that I didn't even think he would like, you know, like mm -hmm. something I'd like played out on the keyboard, but you know, it, it, it was it was That's a nice dope, experience. Man. Man. Yeah. You, you get you get a CD back and you have the legendary Juice rapping over one of your beats. Yeah, yeah, it oh, was crazy. You it got some NFT worthy stuff, man. NFT worthy. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yep, I still do have the track. I th I think it's on. I posted on SoundCloud. I think. But yeah, uh, I still have. But this was my like. I was doing these tracks at, at the, the same time. I was working with. I know y'all probably all know uh, Don C. Don Crawley. Oh, I yeah. was working. Don was my guy. I was working with Don at the Merc on the floor, and he and John John were managing Kanye in the early stages. And so you know, Kanye started to bubble and get placed 
tracks on Jay-Z's, you know, album. And I'm like, man, like, this is my end right here. I need to keep making beats. And I was trying to get better. And, you know, I was giving tracks to, to Don and John John. And they was like, eh, I don't like it. You need to add this. And you need to work on this. And, you know, I was mm. like, okay, you know, constructive criticism, which I like 100% appreciated. And, you know, I was just like, I was like zero in laser focus on, you know, getting getting on these on these on these albums. But then at the same time, like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to spiritually. So, you know, I can't that's how that kind of like, you know, I detached from that and and uh was focused on that and then it just started you know i kept doing beats and was still doing them and then somebody broke into my house and they stole my my npc 2000 and i was like devastated oh, wow. so we had Where insurance were you staying at, at the time in south holland wow and that's when Yep. So we had insurance. We had, you know, so the insurance company, they was like, we're going to replace everything. Just send us like if you got pictures of it or if you got receipts or even the manuals, instruction manuals, you know, send us a picture of it. And that will validate the fact that you own this property. So I was like, OK, so I was like, all right, I'll give my NPC back. They was like, they don't make that NPC no more. So they make the 5,000 and that's what we'll replace it with. Well, the 5,000 don't have a dish drive, the little three and a half inch or two and a half inch disc that Premiere be showing on the, uh, right. so what's up? Yeah, and so I'll be like, oh, I was like, man, this is, this is all, it's something new, you know? So I still have this MPC, but I just hardly ever use it. And, you know, life goes on and you start focusing on other stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting you you, you mentioned that, you know, the, the, the phase you went through, because I, I think we all, all of us who, who love, love hip hop, we, we went mm -hmm. through a phase where it was like, you know, we, we were kind of at a crossroads. It's like, man, I could really pursue this, but this is going to take take me into a uh, put my life on a trajectory that you know, will I be able to handle it? Mm, I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe not. And you kind of gotta decide. Okay, what's what what's what am, what's going to be pri priority to me? You know, am I gonna mm -hmm. go all in on this on this in this industry? Because when you do that, the light there's a lifestyle that comes with that. You know, mm -hmm. and um, you know, as a young man, you just you get so enamored with the music. You know. Yeah. It's, it's it's easy not to think about that but you know fortunately you, you likely have people you know in your corner kind of pointing you in the right direction and you know as did i and um mm -hmm. you know but that you know what i'm not going to get into that question just yet that's that that'll come later but right, right. <laughs> what i wanted to also ask you have you ever had beef with another dj and if so what was it over uh beef with another dj yeah, funny story. I told a story before, but um, when I was DJing at um, at this party, um, Timbuktu, who was like an up and coming DJ, was there, and this was like one of his first events. And so um, he, you know, he played his set, and then I got on, 
And I was, you know, I started my set and I'm like five songs in and he runs up to me and he's like, hey, and he's got a record, like a bare record out of the jacket in his hand. And he's like, hey, this song will go great with that song right there. Can I play it? And I was like, I'm looking, I'm like, dude, like. Wait, in the middle of, of your all, set? In the middle of my set. I'm like, dude, wow. like, what are you doing, man? Like, go, like, no, you can't play it. And I'm like, get out of here. Like, you know, <laughs> and so, uh, my boy Nick, he comes up to me like a few minutes later and he was like, he, he's with Tim and he was like, man, let uh, Tim want to just play the record, just let him play it and, and, he, and he'll be out your hair. And I'm like, all right, man, like go ahead. And he played the record. And so I was like, this dude, like, like I don't ever want to see his face again, but you know, <laughs> over time, we were running to each other, you know, at, at different, you know, record stores and, you know, going out. And then he, uh, his sister was dating uh, Twilight Tone. And so, you know, through like Don C and, and his cousin, John John, you know, I got cool with Tone and, you know, it was like, all right, you know, Tim is cool. And, you know, we, we just kind of like, you know, grew together. and. And it was like an interesting relationship. So it was like, that was, it was like a minor beef, but nothing. I ain't never, you know, had no major beef with nobody. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, man. Um, I'm going to swing it over to Jamil real quick. He, could, I know Jamil has some questions too. Mm-hmm. Jamil, like, Jamil, I ain't got no questions. I'm here. No, 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 I do. I was looking at my notes and then I realized uh, I was like the old folks with Zoom. I wasn't sure if I was on mute or not. <laughs> um so i i do have a question um what would you say for like uh newer djs who bombed a set like as far as how you would recover from that because i'm sure it happens to everybody right at, at one point or another you just you you don't have it that night but you gotta get yes, back on the horse yeah yeah that that you know definitely that still happens to me, you just like, man, I ain't really feeling it, you know, but um, yeah, you just keep going, just keep going and use those sets as stepping stones. Like and a lot of young, uh, new and up and coming DJs come to me for advice and I always tell them record your sets because mm. that's your mirror, right? That's how you're going to hear yourself and you're going to like you know, pick up on your flaws and you even gonna see like, okay, this is my strong point. I like that blend. I like how I transition from this record to that record. Don't ask other people like, how did I do? Because their like perception is really, you know, it's kind of like, it's not like your own, you know? So don't a hundred percent rely on, on people. I would say, yeah, get feedback, but don't like rely on that use your recordings to, to you know be your your guide and, and your measure that's dope that, make, that makes sense it, it really does I think you can apply that to all sorts of art quite honestly that's what yeah. he told me you know what's funny about that that's the one thing a lot of DJs don't do they don't record themselves. I'm like, man, dude, it's they built in. Now the recorders are built into controllers 
which most people get now. So just record it and painstakingly sit through it and listen until you get to the point where you like, you know, I love my sets, you know? Yeah. Well, that actually leads me into another question since you since you brought it up how do you feel as a dj um i would say for you personally it's a two-part question for you personally and for newer djs vinyl versus controllers um for me personally since vinyl has been my like you know i collected vinyl you know over the years that's that's always gonna be my go-to what I love, uh, and and controllers, man. They they it's. I used to be like, man, what is this? This thing, you know, just being a like an old man stuck in the in the. <laughs> and yeah. once upon a time, you know, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. You know, I was I was a little like, oh, you know, looking down my nose at uh <laughs> at controllers, but. You know, I don't, now it don't matter. Like pick what you pick and, and rock with. You know, like a lot of times for people, that's the 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 cheapest thing to, you know, get them to the point. And then once they, you know, start developing, they they say, hey, I'm gonna stick with it. So I'm gonna just get the, get a, a better version of this controller. And, you know, it's just to each his own. That's dope. I try to rope you into a controversy. You ain't take the bait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, few, if you would have got me a few years ago, I probably would have been like, it ain't real DJing. And, but it's like, you know, what is what is even real DJing? Right. Right. Well, I mean, and people do incredible things with all types of equipment. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I think we can easily limit ourselves to what you know what the culture can be by just sticking to what always was like things have to grow and, and change and you know that can certainly be a part of it mm-hmm. yeah, um, absolutely. how do you feel about requests when you're doing a set man that request is like a double-edged sword like sometimes you know they can they can be annoying which is like most of the time but sometimes <laughs> they can be like a lifesaver like i've been like because wedding receptions are that's probably one of the hardest things to do as like just a local dj because you always get in a, di- a different demographic of people and uh, you know when it comes to race and age and and culture and you know, we like, we are house crowd. We like to step and we like to, you know, two step and slow dance. So a lot of times, you know, the dance floor will struggle a little bit. You know, you're trying to find like, okay, what do they like? How can I get into my groove? And somebody will throw a song at me and I'll be like, okay. And I'll use that song, get everybody out there and then build on top of it if it's like a person that's that's got a request that's like you know they know like what they family like or something like that you know when it comes to like people that they listen to live djs like they listen to the radio you know that's when it it poses the request poses a problem yeah you nailing these questions bro (laughs) 
It's very. Uh, hey man, I, I knew he would. That's why. That's why I said we gotta interview this cat, man. <laughs> yes, indeed. Is there a right and wrong way to go about it with requests? <laughs> man, yeah, it, it definitely is. Like you know, it, it, there's been times I've just been like insulting not not so not i ain't gonna say insulting people but like i've been like yeah i play your request and never play it because i'm just annoyed <laughs> at the time <laughs> you know so i think if you coming up to the dj to give a request it would be nice to have a couple dollars in your hand or like yeah, maybe is. be like, hey, let me get you like, hey, man, you're doing your thing. Can I get you a drink or, you know, some water? Like I've been to weddings where I've even known a bunch of the people there and I like haven't eaten. I haven't gotten any water or nothing. Like nobody brought me anything. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> like people just. You know, so it, I would say come to them, like, come to the DJ with your request, you know, like that. Like, don't feel like you, I have to play your song. And then me as a DJ, as a recipient of the request, you know, don't, don't take a request so much as an insult. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because I, I always felt... Walking up to a DJ in the middle of a set, like, yo, can you play blah, blah, blah? I always felt that's a little disrespectful, mm -hmm. you know, because it, it's almost like you're saying, like, yo, you ain't doing your job good enough. You, you can mm -hmm. do it a lot better if you just listen to me, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I always was curious about how DJs felt about that. But that's a you brought up a good, yeah. good point, like show a little hospitality, too. It's like I'm up here right. trying to keep your party moving. It's like and you're not bringing me no water, no food. It's like it's just play the music, slave, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Sometimes right. it's exactly that. What yep. you said, Ian, it's exactly that people just, they like, there. Since it's a service job, people think that that's what they should be doing. They have that energy and it's like, hey, I, I don't need that. Uh, we, we don't need, we don't need that. And um, sometimes, like like Pat was saying, the, the it's about the way you do it. Cause sometimes people can come up to you and it's like, they can see, they, they can feel that it's not, it just hasn't broke yet. And they give you that right song that they know the people that's here are gonna dance to. And all it takes is just a couple people at one time and you build on it. Next thing you know, man, if you got a whole crowd. So sometimes it's, it's, it's wanted, but a lot of times it's just like, they it's like a demand almost instead of a request. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And they don't see, people don't see like when somebody hires you to DJ, they've done so most of the majority of the time, you know, maybe a month or two out. And so you've been like, okay, we've had a discussion. They talked about the type of music they want you to play and what they don't want you to play. So you, I've set up, you know, and constructed like playlists and, and built crates on Serato, just, you know, taking time away. And I'm like mentally preparing myself. So you got that preparation. And then I break down my equipment and load it into my car and drive to this place. And I'm taking time away from my family. And then I show up at your event 
and I load my equipment because I'm a one man show and, and, you know, set it up, do sound check and all right, we roll it. And I'm standing here and I done did all this and you come up to me and I got to play your song. It's like, come on now. Like, how fair is that? Right. <laughs> it, it, People it, lack it, perspective. But man, I used to be a pet groupie, man. You know, I, I always help him put his stuff back. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I appreciated that, man. Uh, you wasn't no groupie, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you got me into doing it, man. It was, it was, it was 90% you. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I've man, always, like, looked up to DJs, wanted to learn how to DJ, but I just could not afford the equipment, you know, and I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I knew enough DJs where I was like, you know what, I could live vicariously through them. Whether it be Nigel or Miles or Jason, you know, it was <laughs> it was kind of like that. But yeah. uh, but I'm sorry, I, I give it back to Jamil. Man, I could do this all night, but I'm 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 gonna just I'm gonna end it here. I got two more questions, and one literally just popped up while you were talking. So one is, uh, if I'm a brand new DJ or I'm a person that wants to get into, it, what would you suggest a skill that I work on? Hmm. That's a, that's a good question. I would say like a quality that uh, every DJ should possess is a love for music. And mm. not just like, I like music, but like like your, your focus is like, I'm gonna DJ because like, I love music. Like the music that I play it makes me feel good and I want people to feel good about it. And when I bomb and when people come up to me with these requests, I'm gonna think about like quitting or swinging on somebody, but it's gonna be like my love for music that's just gone. That's gonna keep me there. And th- that's gonna be like the common thread. That's your foundation. You gotta continue to build your craft on. You know, and from there, then you work on like knowing the music you're going to play and understanding it. And I think being able to count is very, very important when it comes to DJing. And that's understanding, you know, bars and and, you know, how many how many, uh, you know, beats you know, in the in the beats per minute and all that, understanding that that's what's gonna help your your uh, blending and and your you know understanding of the music to come across smooth. That is incredible. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, one more. And Ian, you may have to do some magic with this, depending on how this question gets answered. It may just have to be. It, it may just have to be scrapped. Oh, all right. <laughs> We're going to do a real quick word association and I'll tap out. Does this mean anything to you? 40 ounces of monkey juice. 40 ounces of monkey juice. Does Why that mean that anything to you? It should. Uh, I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you one more clue. DJ Umbles. DJ Umbles. Mm-hmm. Man, no, that's not ringing the bell. You now you threw me. <laughs> okay, okay, no, it's all good. 
So what that is, is like, it might be a 20 year old mixtape from uh, the AA crew. I might still have that tape somewhere. All right, so we're gonna go ahead. Yes. As 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 in alienated, as in SP, John Doe, yes sir. No, how come I don't? I don't because I was like a part of AA. Like I, man, like, I what, know, I know. Why that's why I brought it up. I <laughs> why don't I remember this, dude? Like this I have a shoebox. I have a shoebox of uh, like A eight and Steph Star stuff, like all this stuff. You gonna make up uh, flyers and everything. You gonna make me so, dig, go into it and dig that. I bet you got it. I bet you do. I'd be more uh, you, than willing to you know, deep, you still have it. <laughs> well, you yeah, know, dude. you know, Sean Doe is my people. Like I didn't like, know that. Yeah, yeah, those my people, and um, like that has been my attachment to to DJing at all. Like I used to carry. I shouldn't even put this on wax, but I used to carry those records into the into the spot like underage, so that's how I would get into the party. So yeah. when um, you know, when I when I was a, a young young wild Thundercat out here, um, <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when Doe and and, and, and uh, J Dot or, or SP had a had a show or whatever, if I could get on, I'm, I'm, that's how I get in. Like I got no ID, but if I'm setting up with 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 the DJ. Then uh, I don't have to. I don't have to show nobody no ID. They they not paying me no attention. I bring the crates in, and as long as I'm chilling and I'm not you know wilding, ain't nobody ain't nobody really checking for me. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a, a staple for a lot of people. Like yes, indeed. Wait for the DJ. Right. Uh, man, I'm sure the statute of limitations is up on that. <laughs> man that's dude i did not know that i ain't know you knew sean like that man that's 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 what's up yeah man. we all went to yeah. cvs well of course j dot when he you know when sean went to alabama and them that's when he met that's when i j dot right. yeah so yeah man dude that's crazy that was my that world yeah that reminds me pat did you ever uh did you in your travels? Did you ever link up with with Shy Rock Nation at all? Did you know Daryl and? Yeah, yeah, and artistic and and all them. Yeah. So when I was in, when I went to CBS, we was, you know, with, with Rasan and Sunil and all them. We formed a, a graffiti crew, which was CBS, and so CBS, you know, we became a part of. Shyrock. So technically, we are. I am Shyrock Nation, Chapter Fourteen. So I'm throwing okay. up my uh, my <laughs> hang loose Shyrock sign right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. Shyrock was that. That was them dudes. They had the magazine. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I man, I used to I used to really really look <laughs> look up to them cats. Uh, you know, they they were like they were like hip hop gods. You to me, like walking the earth. Uh, Dude, CF, yeah. uh, SB crew, um, of course, Ill Nature. You know, when I came along, it was more about like Ill Nature, IMF. Those were the crews that were kind of like mm-hmm. top dog. And we were, um, you know, we were offshoot at them. But my crew, you probably never heard of us because we kept changing our name every year. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> 
but yeah, we had like a little graf- graffiti and uh, and breakdance crew. But uh, my, I had another question or a, a couple more questions. Did you have a favorite spot to dig for records? Oh yeah, man. Uh, all of them was my favorite. Well, I ain't gonna say all of them because I didn't like. Uh, it was a record store in Hyde Park that I just I ain't really like it. But secondhand tunes, Doctor Wax. Gramophone, Dusty Groove, those were like, you know, gra- going to Gramophone from the, you know, south side up to the north side was like a total experience because you would hit up Gramophone and while you were up north, you made sure you went to Tony's before Tony's Sports came to to uh, Hyde Park and, and all those other little south side spots that he opened, so... Yeah, man, those were my my spot. I would have my favorite. I would have to say though, was secondhand tunes. I I don't really? know why I like secondhand tunes so much because it's just Doctor Wax. The the record the workers there they were kind of like snobs. You they know, were. Yeah. They were. But they didn't steal you wrong though. No, no, they didn't. They didn't. But they kind. They used to treat me like a like a, a, a certain way. Like, um, man, what was his name? Not Dwayne. Was it Dwayne? Not not Big Dwayne. But there was another dude. I cannot think of his name right now, man. But he used to front on me all the time. And one time, I was like, I was going there to buy some common tickets. They was like, you know, I had listened to HBK and they was like, the ticket's going to be available at Dr. Wax. Common was performing at the Congress Theater. And so I go, went up there, me and Don, and we like, man, we're going to go to the party. Let's go get the tickets. And so when I get there, I'm like, man, we want to get uh, a couple Common tickets. And the dude was like, we ain't got common tickets. Who told you that? And I was like, you told me y'all had them. Like, I was like, why would you? I was, he was like, I didn't tell you that. I was like, you did. I was like, now nah, you lying. And I just like, I walked <laughs> out. Like, I was pissed because now I told my boy, like, and we, you know, it was part of the plan. So I came back, like, you know, a few days later and I'm back. I'm, I like go through some records and then I bring my records up to the front. And so the dude, the same dude who I had kind of went off on, he bends down under the counter and picks up like a stack of records and he sits them on the counter and he was like, did you get a chance to go through these? And I was like, nah. And that was like when the, like when Twilight Tone and like other like famous DJs would come in there, they would let them look through. That was like the reserve pile. Oh, so that was kind of like his peace offering. Yeah, yup, yup. And from then on, we we became cool. So, but it was still like, it was like a little animosity. And then like a lot of those dudes there, uh, not a lot of them, but a couple of them that worked at Dr. Wax, they bought out the original owners of Dusty Grooves. And so when I went to Dusty Grooves, they was like, hey, Pat, like, what's up? I was like, hey, like, you know, like, what y'all doing here? And they were like, we own part of this now and I was like oh cool and you know it was like well you know it was cool so eventually you know the beef kind of settled and they look at me as like some young lame dude coming up in the record store but I just felt more at home at secondhand tune gotcha gotcha yeah my, my parents 
used to take me to secondhand tunes, uh, you know, periodically, not a whole lot, but I remember making a couple trips up there. But yeah, they were judgmental on Dr. Wax because like if you if if I was a regular there, but if I bought something that was like too mainstream, like I would definitely hear about it. I remember buying um, <clears throat> I think it was Stankonia up there. Uh, when it came mm-hmm. out because it was cheaper than what it was at coconuts of course and i remember mm-hmm. taking it up to the register and the heavy set dude just got he looked at the cd and just rolled his eyes and i was like i was like what you, <laughs> you know you don't right you don't you don't do outcasts and he was like no nah. he was like no nah, they i they i but you know you need to try you need to check this out hey. you need to check out this yeah. this this uh this this cannibal ox you know and i was like oh yeah yeah right, maybe, maybe next yeah. time Wait, before you we move on though, I got a uh, good uh, secondhand oh, go tune story. Um, so this is this is this comes secondhand, no pun intended, from a friend of mine who was uh, he was real close with Tone, and uh, he said that uh, when Tone and when Common was you know recording his first album, of course he was on Relativity. And the Beat Nuts had came into Chicago to do a show. So they was like, you know, they yeah. did a little spot on, on HBK. And then so they took them around Hyde Park. And so they were like, Psycho Less and Juju, they was like, man, y'all, where's the record store? And they was like, oh, we got record stores. And took them to Secondhand Tunes. And my boy told me they went in there and they was like, going through like having fits because they were finding records there that we didn't know about you know like all these like famous like breaks and samples that's that were hard to get in in new york because like all the hip-hop producers had basically just kind of pillaged all the record stores out there so it was hard to come by you know, they was finding all this stuff. And my boy was like, man, I felt like such an idiot because they were holding up records to each other. Like, look, dude, they was like, yeah, like high five. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, we've been going up there. I've been going in there like every weekend and, you know, trying to figure out what's what. And, you know, they just had this record knowledge to, to go and spot like all the stuff. So I was like, that was just kind of that was I was disappointed in myself, but you know them dudes was just so much more advanced when it came to music because you know New York, of course, is like the birthplace of of hip hop. So yeah, yeah, I love me some beat nuts, man. Uh, huge oh, fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, do you have an experience of the craziest gig or set you had to DJ? Have you ever have you ever DJed a party that got shot up, ended in a big fight? Do you, <laughs> no, do you have a crazy, you know, a crazy DJ experience? Fortunately, never uh, DJed a party that that got shot up. Thank God. Um, but I did one time. I was DJing a party for one of my coworkers. It was in like somebody's basement like over on like the like what kind of like on the west side of uh stony island like in like maybe around like 89th 90th like in somebody crib up in there and so man why these two girls 
get into a fight. So mind you, the memorial was like the next day. And I was like, <laughs> my homie, I'm like, yeah, I, I, you know, I'll spend it. So I'm down there, it's cracking. Like, you know, basement, you know, it's hot, everybody dancing. You kick in all of a sudden, like, man, it, the girls just start scrapping, dude. And I look up and it's a beer bottle flipping through the air coming towards me. <laughs> and by the time I see it in the dark basement, I'm like, I go to duck, but it like missed. I mean, I, I didn't get out the way of it and it hit me right in the head. So I had like, and it was the bottom of the bottle. So you know how like the bottom of a, it was a Corona bottle, I'll never forget. The the bottom of the bottle has those ridges in it. I had like a curved red mark in the middle of my forehead with like those ridges <laughs> in this in it. And of course I go to the memorial the next day. And like, he was like, man, I'm like, what happened to you? I was like, man, I hit my head. Like, <laughs> you know, like, and I was like, that's, that was probably the, my craziest, craziest experience. One of them, one of them, I'll say. I'll throw another one in it. When we were, uh, we, I had, uh, I had flew out here to Phoenix during the 2008 Super Bowl because a friend of mine, he did like a party. Uh, he did three parties, like one uh friday saturday and the super bowl sunday at this spot and so the saturday party he had twister come through and oh. perform and so oh, wow yeah it was like you know so i'm like i'm up there twister coming to spot i'm like yeah like is we about to kick it and so his DJ comes up, well, I don't know if he was a DJ, his boy, and he was like, hey, like, what's up? This Twister CD, he gonna do some songs later. And I was like, oh, okay, I was like, cool. And so I was like, um, I'm a, I was like, I'll show you how to use it. This Serato, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Serato was kind of in his early stages. And he was like, no, no, no. He was like, you gonna play the songs. And he was like, I tell you, which ones to play and i'm like oh i get to dj for twist i'm like right right so <laughs> you know and so it, it walks you know it was a few other celebrities and up this dude comes up other dude come up to me and he give me a cd he like hey man this bushwick cd he was like he in the building tonight can you play his song somewhere in your set? And I was like, dude, like what? Like, I love the ghetto boys. I love Bushwick. Like, of course, like, you know, so I'm on this high twist to get up there and he killing it. He performing all his songs, Adrenaline Rush and just, you know, doing his thing. And it's his partner like, all right, now play song number two. And I'm just like going through doing what he says, like a good DJ. So man, we kicking it, I'm hyped. You know, I go through my set, the party rocking. So my boy come up there, he like, hey man, it's the last song. You know, like, man, we killed it tonight, we killed it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so like, I play the last song, lights come on, everybody leaving out. Man, why Bushwick guy come up to me and was like, man like his mouth was and i was like oh no like i forgot to play 
Bushwick new song. And he was oh. like, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, man, just give me the CD. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, and I saw Bushwick walking out. Oh, and he wow. was like, I was like, oh man, like that. Hey man, it, was, it probably it, it probably wasn't that good no way. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it is like, you know, you look at the cover, I was like, oh no, nah, this is good. This is gonna be terrible. I was like, I could have ended the night with it, like, you know, make some noise for the legend himself in the building, you know. But I just was so caught up in everything else, man. Yeah, just wasn't in the cars that night. Oh <laughs> man, that's 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 an awesome story, bro. And, I mean, and and two home field advantage, Twister got it, you know. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. yeah. He killed it, dude. Like, I had another level of respect for him. Like just off that night, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Now my last question, man. Anything in your twenty-seven year career that you regret doing or not doing? Hmm. I probably in my twenty-seven DJ career. No. I have to say, not nothing that I could think of. You know, I'm just like, you know, DJing has always been a kind of like it's been therapeutic. It's been something that has like just allowed me to, you know, get my creativity off and, you know, just make people happy. Even, you know, people have like hired me to do like post-funeral luncheons and mm. you know things like that and man it's just it's kind of like DJing is like you the ice cream man everybody always happy to see you you know so <laughs> I have no regrets about it even being like starting off you know like in the world and then you know, transitioning to, you know, doing events for the friends. I, I've enjoyed that, you know, mostly because it's just been a, you know, the bonds. Like I remember doing Vince wedding and I remember even you in, I did a party. I think it was at uh, Brandy Williams crib. And uh, oh, I remember wow. seeing you there and you was breaking. And I was like, oh, we, they breaking tonight. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> You know, so it's just it's like a lot of good memories, a lot of good times. So, yeah, no regrets here, man. Even through the bad, it's just always been, you know, things that I've learned from. So, mm. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Man, bro, I, I want to thank you for, for sharing your, your experiences, um, you know, on the show. And, uh, you know, just opening up that world to us, man. Like, like. That, that 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 made for a great conversation, man. Those, those some of those stories yes, you just laid on us, man. Um, I, I truly, truly appreciate it, bro. And I, I just want to thank you for, you know, being a friend of the show, and um, you know, uh, just and, and, and contributing to it, man, and 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 giving us a good interview, man. So I definitely, definitely appreciate you for that, bro. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate you guys, man. You guys are more than welcome. I love the platform and I, I, you know, your consistency, you know, sticking with it is just, 
it's been something that that like I admire and you know aspire to be as consistent and as thorough as you guys have been throughout you know this the inception of this this whole uh platform of this show oh man i I appreciate that dude i got more stories man we could go all night but hey man we 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 i actually in in my queue i do have like like i kind of do an outline for my seasons like this season i've kind of freestyled a little bit but i in the near future i definitely want to share some more hip-hop stories some more just crazy hood stories and have people come on and share you know their their experiences you know uh you know uh hopefully that you know they're funny and they're not too you know too too left field and oh man that was messed up what happened to you but yeah I, I'm, I'm definitely gonna have you back on for, for that and other topics as well because there are some uh, some uh, things very specific to you know the 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 era in which you came up in that I, I do want to cover, and um, I, I definitely plan on having you back. So man, appreciate you, bro. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, but we show ain't over yet. We will go into our oh one last thing. Any shout outs you want to you want to put out there? Yeah, uh, shout out to all the the DJs everybody that you know all my turntable brothers you know dj vintage dj dj nova jay jonah you know all the all of the the djs that's you know my turntable brothers as well as my spiritual brothers and and also shout out to uh sp sean dope j dot my a8 family and uh, CBS Shyrock. Shout out to the Shyrock Nation. <laughs> yes, sir. Keeping the brother out of trouble and making it okay for me to, you know, have a platform to nerd out a little bit on and, and the inspiration. Absolutely. And shout out to Chicago, man. Chicago. Of course. Yeah. All day. Of course. All right. All right. So that'll bring us to our next segment for the night man um like we always do around this time we're going to have a album face-off where we take two albums pit them against each other and have you all weigh in on which on which album you felt was doper and why and this week uh i call it battle with a comeback albums man we in one corner we have the album rise of the moon uh by the group black moon uh going up against masters of the sun uh, by the Black Eyed Peas. Now, um, Black Moon's Rise of the Moon, this was their four- fourth studio LP. It was released on no- October 18th, 2019 on Duck Down Music. It clocks in at 15 tracks and 54 minutes and was produced entirely by the Beat Miners. Um, and then in the other corner, we have the Black Eyed Peas with their Masters of the Sun album. They were, this was their first album as a trio in like uh, so many years because they went through their little Fergie phase, but this was their, I don't even know which album this was, but this was their third album as a trio. And it was released October 26, 2018 on Interscope Records and clocks in at 12 tracks in 58 minutes, featuring production by Will I Am, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, uh, Paperboy, and DJ Ammo. So, uh we got the moon versus the sun man uh so i'm gonna give it up to you guys uh between these two albums 
Did you get a chance to check them out? And if so, which one were you feeling more and why? Yeah, well, I, I guess I'll go first. Um, oh, it's, it was uh, Black Eyed Peas, Easy. Um, mm. Well, um, you know, I can't say easy, but yeah, I, I chose Black Eyed Peas. Um, the, uh, the other album was just so slow. Man. It was slow. Um, it wasn't bad. Like if we, I chose, I, 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 I chose the lyrics of that album. Like they, that album had the best lyrics. They had better lyrics. Um, but it was just so. It was so slow moving. Like just, it, it was nothing up tempo about that album whatsoever. Um, and it was a good album, but. Black Eyed Peas album just had it had more flavor mm. uh, it had more flavor to it um, I felt some Tribe Called Quest vibes to it they they got back to um, it, it felt like they went back a little bit more to their roots to, to their roots yes yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was pleasant so like without without getting long winded I chose Black Eyed Peas and they okay. didn't have a, they, they didn't have a whole bunch of Fergie, so uh, <laughs> they yeah. had no Fergie. Yeah, uh, she was on um, what's she on? She was on like one song. No, she was not on this album. What they they that? had a chick. They had a chick who kind of sounded like her, but oh, okay. It wasn't. Oh, I thought that was Fergie because I was listening to it while I was working, so I wasn't. Uh, I, 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 I I didn't see it. I, you know, I have my Bluetooth on, and I was on the ladder while I was hearing it, so it's like. My phone was like 30 feet away. So I, I thought that was Fergie, but yeah, man. I, um, yeah, I choose that. Okay, okay. So you riding with the peas, man. So it, it was refreshing to kind of hear them as a trio again. Yeah, it's just that um, I think they got into that old, like they, they, re, they uh, reestablished like the way they were making music at the beginning or like love they had for the making of music. Like it wasn't anything necessarily uh, involved with their mind. Like we got to make a radio hit, even though they did have some uh, songs on there that were obviously for a message, you know, they had message songs or whatever, but it, it didn't have like, it didn't seem like they had that mindset. Like we got to make a couple records uh, radio hits, singles, and stuff like that. They were just making, like, just making music. Like when they first started, that's what it felt like. And it was, it was, uh, it was refreshing to hear it like that. Okay, I feel that, man. I feel that. Totally understood. All right, uh, Pat, Jamil, y'all want to weigh in? Yeah, I'll jump in. Um. I, I agree with what Ben said as far as um, the Black Moon, you know, just kind of having a, a similar tempo throughout. It doesn't really um, make a whole lot of adjustments. You're not going to find, you know, a ton of versatility in um, what the album was, whereas the Black Eyed Peas definitely had a lot of that. Um, it, it um, Not that it... it you know, changed up a whole, whole lot, but there was definitely a diversity in sound. Um, something I found interesting, 
that I guess I never really paid attention before, but um, old boy, uh, I think his name is Taboo, whichever one with the long hair and black eyed peas. Duke could rap. Like, Duke could rap for real. I, I guess I hadn't paid it much attention, especially since they, you know, went through the pop stage and, and you know, the sellout BEPs. I really wasn't checking for them, but. <laughs> Um, like dude could rap for real. Like I think he's he's decidedly a better MC than than Will I am. Um we really? got the beats, but yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's like consistently been better than him. Will is definitely the face and he got the beats, but I think dude is, is a better rapper than Will I am. Um I I love the the uh, the daylight and the uh, pasta news collab that they had on that that was a, a great track and five uh, yeah they just track. yeah yeah he was let me stop can't mess with, I can't I can't disrespect the dead <laughs> actually <laughs> five all kidding aside uh, that that verse that they got from five was actually was actually pretty dope yeah it was a fire verse yeah and even the intro was was pretty cool um, oh with the Nas track no 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 I mean the intro to that track. Um, oh, I got you. I got you. With with uh with Fife when he was just kind of talking over the track before it started. That was that was a pretty cool way to start it off. What do you say? A tribe called Black Eyed Black Eyed Like Soul or something like that. Daylight like Peas. That's it. Daylight like Peas. Daylight like Peas. That was that was pretty dope. Um. So yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. So I mean, with all that said, I had to go with the Black Moon. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like there's no. the zag. There's the zag. You, you better believe it. Like, yo, the, the Black Moon didn't give you a lot of diversity, and I meant that. But it was just a better, like, hip hop album. This was no frills. This meat and potatoes hip hop. And even though Buckshot's voice can get tiring after a while, um, and, and and that's just for me personally. Um, the only real complaint or critique I would have about this one was. It may have been a little bit too long um, for for this era. I think they they made an album that was a little more reminiscent of what they used to do, and I, I think you know modern albums just are not as, as long as that anymore. But aside from that, man, this was a dope project, and I, I'm actually ashamed that I missed it because I don't remember when this album came out at all. And this this was my first time listening to it for this for this face off. So I'm gonna definitely revisit this one. Okay, all right. So you giving it, giving it to, to Black Moon. All right, uh, Pat, did, did you get a chance to check these out at all? Man, I did. I listened to the Black uh, Moon album, and I had listened. I did hear that. Uh, I remember when that Black Eyed Peas dropped, and I was like, okay, like they going back to how they, you know, started out with the. You know, when they dropped their first single, the that's the joint, that's the jam, you know, taking it back to their roots. But I didn't get around to giving it a second listen. And so <laughs> it's kind of incomplete. So I'm going to have to just, by default, go with Black Moon. But uh, <laughs> I definitely wanted to give that album a second listen because I, even though I had heard it, I didn't like remember it. I do remember the, the Daylight song on there, though. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That that was kind of like the highlight of the album, you know, like yeah, yeah. you know, getting a, a dope verse from Pasta News, and you know, mm-hmm. it was it was just nice to hear Fife on a track, man. One one more time, 
Yeah. You know? so, so that was dope. That was dope. All right, for myself, man, this was an interesting listen, man, for both of these. I did catch the uh, Black Eyed Peas when it, when it dropped. The Black Moon, I caught a, a couple of months after. Um, and I'm going to... I'm 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 gonna say this: the the the, the black eyed peas. It, it's a very it was a pleasant surprise, it, and I will call it a very likable and respectable comeback album, um, and, and a return of form for them, uh, going back to being a trio. And um, they don't they don't hesitate to mention it on, on the tracks uh, in their lyrics, and I, I love how they, you know, they even take aim at mumble rappers on on this album, <clears throat> and they they reminded us that. Uh, hip hop can be fun and danceable, you know, and dope at the at the same time, and and I appreciated that about this album, and I appreciated that about their first two albums as well. So you know, hearing them be able to do that is it is it a perfect album? No, is, is it a flawless album? No, um, you know, it's it's got a couple of shortcomings on there where I, I felt they kind of fell back into some bad habits uh, sonically, and you know, with with some of their kind of radio friendlier sounds but this was still a, a like i said it's a respectable album um masters of the sun that being said i gotta go with the black moon i felt the black moon kind of crapped all over the black eyed peas album i thought it was going to be closer than it was but it at least it wasn't for me and i and jamil i, re, I recall sending you a text message man a couple of nights ago like saying like yo I, I owe buckshot an apology i i've said unkind things about him in the past you know <laughs> and his and his skill level but man dude like i would say like 70 percent of this album i had the scrunch face man like just about every beat that came on once it kicked on and really got underway like i was it was it was just nothing but head nods man and you know, I was making faces, you know, which, you know, a lot of hip hop albums just don't do that for me anymore. But this album did. They they relied on that kind of like laid back, boom bap, sample heavy sound that they were known for, which is, you know, it's, it's only appropriate because Black Moon is one of those groups that kind of pioneered the whole East Coast boom bap sound. So, you know, I guess that comes with the territory. Uh, but the but the the true difference maker for me was the was the replay value. You know, the, the, the track with Method Man, the, the track with Rockness from Helter Skelter. I revisited this album a good four or five times just for the pure pleasure of bumping it. After I compared these two albums and made my notes, I, I kept revisiting The Black Moon. And, you know, yeah, that's, that's basically that's basically why I'm going with The Black Moon. It was it was it was it was such a such a easy listen for me, you know, and, and Buckshot, man, he's he's got one of the smoothest voices in hip hop. You know, when you pair that with Five uh, FT's kind of gruff, raspy voice, you know, it's a great combo. You know, and 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 I like the fact that FT Five FT kind of stepped it up on this project too in a way he hasn't with with past Black Moon projects because you you do sometimes kind of forget that he's even part of the group. But man, this is this is. This album has earned its way into my permanent rotation, you know, whereas the BP was it was likable, but, you know, slightly more forgettable. But Black Moon, Rise of the Moon, this is some classic, updated Timberland and Hoodie music, you know, and right. I, I, I love that about this album. So I'm, 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 I'm giving the, the, the nod to Rise of the Moon. So and I look forward to bumping it again in the future, most definitely. 
That, that's All right. Love about. That's what oh, I love. Go ahead. About. Go ahead, Pat. Well, no, well, this, this is Vince, but. Oh, Vince, my bad. That's what I love about these faith, these uh, verses because, like, like what I the, you can explain two things can be true because everything you said about right. this album is true, man. Like I said, it's slow moving, but like the album knows what it wants to be, and um, it stuck to that, and it did it. It did it successfully. So um, everything you said is true, and it's like I love, I love the different voices coming out on these albums it allows people to get a very broad view of something if they never heard it it, it, it can make them want to go listen to it so like I, I, i'm glad i was i was able to hear your explanation of these two albums because what you said is true it, it, it does have higher replay value but this is the first time i heard both of these albums um mm. And I would actually listen to Black Moon before the Black Eyed Peas album again, even though yeah, it's a, it's a, it's that's that the Black Moon is is a. Don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to take anything away from the Peas because it's. I think they 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 crafted a, a very fine album, but man, that Black Moon is just something about it. Like it's just that's some blunted in the bomb shelter type of music to me. Like just you know, I I, I could throw that on in the car after I get off work and just. You know, just 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 cruise my way home, man. And like, you know, what what I like about the album Face Offs too is that like, yeah, even if you like another album better, you you still there's still gonna be something you like about the other album. You know what I mean? So, because mm-hmm. there's there's plenty to like on the Black Eyed Peas album, but I just felt I felt the Black Moon just just man, it just had that extra umph and soul to it that you know, I, I you you just don't hear it as much these days you know from 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 hip-hop artists yeah but yeah i wanted to put them together because you know both of these these groups uh they're they're two groups that got some age on them you know (laughs) they they their best days are kind of behind them so to speak and but these were kind of comeback albums you know the peas going back to being a trio and black moon coming back after so many years and blessing us with one more joint so i was like man let me let me throw these two together and and kind of kind of see what happens but uh we will we'll definitely have some 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 more album face-offs coming up uh uh throughout the season and pretty much every week so with that that will bring us to our next segment that we usually do around this time what you're bumping where i invite y'all to share with the listeners what you've been bumping for the past week whether it be new old or just something the listeners have not heard so uh pat man you are special guest man i'm gonna give it up to you first uh past week or so man what you been bumping this past week i've been doing a um i found a website that they kind of like listed the entire discography for this um, jazz record label called CTI and they were like what they're famous for is like the jazz fusion Bob James Grover Washington era yeah and 
not only that music, that sound, but also like really dope album art. And uh, they, they, you know, it was like a lot of like just close up shots of, you know, different things, animate and uh, inanimate objects. And they were famous for the gatefold uh, album. So like the album you have it, like most people are familiar with the Thriller vinyl because you opened it up and you saw Michael Jackson, you know, laying there and I think he was holding a little pet tiger or something. So that whole gatefold thing was kind of like something that they, I don't know if they invented it, but I know they were like famous for a lot of those, uh, a lot of their albums being like that. And so I've been going through, like, listening to all of them, just, you know, seeing what's what. And it's, it's, some, it's some good stuff, and it's some, like, huh, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I see why this ain't famous, but, you know, just been kind of, like, listening to that. Have you have you seen those, those hip-hop album covers that they redid in the style of the old Blue Note jazz album covers? Like... They did a few, quite a few for Wu Tang, where they took their like Cuban Links or Liquid Swords or other Wu Tang albums, but they redesigned the cover to make it look like a Blue Note album. Have you seen those? Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, I have. That's that's dope. Yeah, those yeah. are so dope I, to me. Man, yeah, they did a um, man, I can't think of the some T-shirt company did like a Blue Note um release where they did like hats and t-shirts but yeah i have seen that too that's that's the yeah i hope they reissue the, those albums like on vinyl or something with with those covers i man i'll buy them up in, a, in, a, in an instant man um yeah, and i thought that was crazy. so dope mm-hmm. but, uh, but uh but vince man what you been bumping man i've been all over the place i listened to mooney's long mooney long's album He's all the rave right now. That album is crazy good. Um, Wait, what's her name? Mooney Long. She made that Hours and Hours song uh, about maybe three weeks a month ago that just went viral. And um, she's a song. She's a songwriter, but she finally got her her chance to make her music, and now she's taking off. And she she can write. Her album is dope. Then um, I heard. J Electronica's Exhibit A. And I went into this like sample bench because I was like, I know that sample is familiar. So then I found out it was Billy Stewart. So I started listening to Billy Stewart's song music. Yeah, Billy Stewart got joints, man. Yeah, and I know he had like a tragic. I remember my mom telling me, I forgot exactly how he died, but it was a tragic, tragic death really, really early in his life. He was like 32 or something. 30. Yeah, I think he was younger than that. I think he was only like 30 or 20. He might have been like 27, 28 or something. Yeah, yeah. what didn't he like run off the road? He was like in the car and yeah, uh, something around, like that. Yeah. Like it was like an icy lake or something in the south. It was it was like really like a freak accident. Yeah. But then I started when I was listening to his music, I was like, man, they people have sampled so much of his music. And he, then you know, he, 
it's just amazing he was gone too soon he would have done some amazing things and people just like sample his music like crazy we talking about tiana taylor got a song rihanna sampled the song um off of uh cockiness she um you know that you know he was uh whatever he was doing ringing his yeah. tongue or whatever yeah yeah that, that whole that song is off of that sample um you know, like uh, this fat boy is gonna love her, or whatever the name of the song was. That was off of Exhibit A uh, for J Lake's Chronicle. But it was just like a lot of people. So then I just started going into um, an old school, old old school band. Sam Cooke. Uh, man, I was listening to Teddy Pendergrass. It the list goes on, man. Um, but you know, Benny the Butcher, J Cole. I was I was listening to that constantly. Um, that was that was cold. Yeah, basically, basically just a lot of old school music. Okay, respect, man, respect. All right, uh, Jamil, man, past week, what you been bumping? Uh, I too have kind of been a little bit all over the place. So I was bumping that uh, Miseducation. Um, I missed that album. I don't know. I'm just randomly decided to listen to that one. Yeah, I'm uh, surprised because you, you, I'm surprised, Jamil, because you hate black women. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm messing uh, with you, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I was listening to that one. Um, that uh, Niles Barkley, uh, The Odd Couple. Um, I was also listening to the King's Disease 2. Um, and uh, I was kind of on a, a R&B thing this weekend, too. Uh, so I just was kind of listening to a couple of playlists. But I came across this cat, um, Aaron Taylor. Um, his album, Icarus, is is pretty dope. Um, I would highly recommend that to some, to some folks. Okay. Um, what else? I got to go past the stuff I was playing for my son because I don't really count. And um, I was bumping at uh, Anderson Pot, uh, Venice. I had never heard that album before. I always thought Malibu was his first joint. Um, I haven't heard that one then. Yeah, I, I had never heard it until this past week. Um, I actually went looking for Venice. I mean, I'm sorry, looking for Malibu because I wanted to hear that. And I saw that one come up. I was like, I never heard this before. It's, it's dope. Um, he got a song on there. <laughs> it's like a story. It's a story rap, and the ending of it is hilarious. Um, I wish I remembered the name of it. It's it's oh, it's called Miss Right. Hilarious. I would I would definitely check that one out. Um, and then last but not least, I uh, was bumping that um, Friday on Elm Street that uh, Jada Kiss and Fab. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about that album like a week ago. Somebody was, I think I was watching Drake Champs and he does the slime time at the end of his interviews and he, he said Fabulous or Jaded Kiss to, uh, to the alcoholics. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, this I've been meaning to watch that interview because they, they asked him about Far Side versus High Road too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now and that would be interesting. Yeah, 
they said they would if they did a versus, they would want to go against Hyrule. Really? Yeah. The that would be dope, man. The Lich versus Hyrule. They don't want that smoke though. Not for real. <laughs> yeah, Hyrule got some deep got some deep cuts. Like, yeah, I don't know if the Licks can hang. But the Licks would get the crowd. Cause they got they got the party joints. Only for so long though. Hyrule, Hyrule, True. yeah, they got a very dedicated fan base. Yeah. And, but, and they were saying like Hyro and like all the the crew like Casual Dale like everybody and he was like then we'll bring everybody who you know down with us and he started naming all these you oh, know that's cheating <laughs> that came from alcoholic yeah I was like dang like because like Mad Lib is you know yeah he's technically tangentially connected to them but yeah they yeah, they, they, they were probably yeah. playing exhibit i would assume feel the uh-huh. far right the far yeah, right yeah man yeah, that would be, be interesting. Nice, nice throw down man, that'd that be dope, would, man. Re- Re- reggie would hate that one <laughs> yeah yeah he would <laughs> <laughs> all the west coasters <laughs> All right, man. For myself, I've just been bumping. Uh, I was bumping that new Nick Grant album, "Welcome to Love Land." Um, it, it's a decent effort. Like, like I feel that like he's kind of retreading what other artists have done already with like the kind of like doing kind of like doing a whole like love censored concept album. And it's some good ideas on there. I just wish he kind of fleshed it out a little better or maybe spent a little bit more time, you know, with the songs and and, and making them kind of pop a little more. I, I think if he had collaborated with some more people, he could have fleshed out the, the idea or the concept of the album a little better. But, you know, it's, it's cool to hear him kind of go outside his comfort zone. Then I was also bumping Jay Della's The Shining hadn't heard it in forever so i said man let me throw this on and i i, I like it more than i i remember liking it i, I remember when it came out I, I i remember thinking that like eh, this is just okay but it's it's really a good album it's 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 some some real good stuff on there um bro, bro, that jungle love is is there to test your speakers that's the only reason it was pretty it was much ever made <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much and geek down and, and then I was bumping, um, I was talking to Vince about these four mile walks I've been doing. Um, uh, I was bumping Inspector Dex, Uncontrolled Substance. Last time I went, went walking, uh, trying to just trying to get some exercise. I needed something to kind of be a battery in my back and that Inspector Dex still holds up. So um, that's all I've been bumping, man. So <clears throat> uh, before we go, uh, Jamil, you got any album anniversaries for us? Uh, January is a tough month uh, for album releases. However, I did finally get one that um, might be the best that we've had in weeks. I, I, I think gonna, I already know where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to say real better say catch this. Be. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, but we won't get to that one yet. We also have some others that, eh, eh, okay, but they don't hold up to the, the last one. Um, so I had to go 15 years to find one. And this is celebrating 15 years. Um, Sean Price, Jesus Price Superstar. And uh, also came out the same day, actually, was uh, X-Clan Return to the Mecca. Oh, wow. But the crown jewel of this week 
for hip hop anniversaries. Celebrating 25 years this week. Classic material. Uptown Saturday Night by Camp Lo. Yes, sir. Yes, wow. sir. Wow. 25 years, man. That's crazy because Lucini was the song that uh, Timbuktu was pressing me to play that, that night. So. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. Plot thickness. Full yeah. circle. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that, that that album's a masterpiece, you know. Camp Low, they were just they were true originals, man. You know. Yes. The, yes. the slang and and the way, you know, just we, we talk about flow, man. Those cats had flow. And some of the slang you caught and some of it you didn't, and you had to research it, but man, were they different, you know. Um Yeah. And they were low head Big time. Big time low heads. Bro, they kicked the door in with Crystal Carrington. Like, how you start the album off with with 100% fire? <laughs> yes, bro. Yeah. Dynasty reference. He beat. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to I was gonna say shout out to uh, Ski. Uh, for He produced that album. Did he do the whole thing, I think? He did, I believe. I know I know Ski did the majority of the beats on there. I think I think Pasta News from De La Soul did a track. But mm. I'm I'm pretty sure Ski Beats did did most of it. Mm. You know, but yeah, I'm 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 scrolling through the lyrics for uh, Crystal Carrington now, man. Just oh man. <laughs> I like it when he said uh what did he say? Um, <laughs> he said convincing Kashmir running CAT scan on the sequence. Then we Shalimar assassinate the seminar. Semirata Symphony hit the ball, fleet of globe, Dynamo De Niro, Crusade Genie Casino, Chiba Ride the Rhino, Royal Rubies at the Reno. I'm like, what what, what is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds slick though. Right? Oh my god. Oh my god. That's one of those albums I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it and I'm gonna do just what you're doing, uh, Ian. I'm gonna read the lyrics as I as I listen to it. See, just you know how stuff goes fly over your head. And you just yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 man. Yeah, it's 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 a trip, man. Like just say, man, let me let me pull these lyrics up, man. See what, see what he's talking about. My favorite joint on. Um, or if, it's actually a tie. My, my favorite two joints on uh, Uptown Saturday Night is probably uh, Black Connection and Sparkle. I mess with Sparkle, mm. you know, because you actually play that one around the ladies. Everything else, nah. <laughs> That's yeah. Well, you can play this is it. Yeah, you can. You can. You can play. Yep, Lucini, this is it. Yeah, and probably Sparkle. I think you could play Black Nostalgic too. And yeah, you're right. You're right. I take that back. I take that back. Yeah. Yeah. Like ladies could get down with Camp Low if they tr- if they try. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna take some effort for for, for anybody, you know, regardless of <laughs> what gender you rep. <laughs> it's a uh, right. this is, Camp Low is not necessarily for the casual hip hop fan. No, 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 no. Get not you at all. get get you a Black Eyed Peas album. <laughs> or, or logic <laughs> or logic <Yeah. laughs> 
all right man so there you have it man that is the show we will be back next week with a uh with a bracket actually and uh some 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 more special guests and uh of course another album face off and once again i want to thank our special guest for tonight uh uh pat aka dj fam much much appreciated bruh and uh man thanks for coming through and showing us love man hey man i appreciate y'all showing me love and, and you know just the questions and figuring my life was interesting enough to to you know consider so I oh absolutely brother and it, yes it, it was it was a pleasure man without a doubt yeah absolutely all right so there you have it folks um that is the show we will definitely be back next week so with that uh, I, I will bid you you gentlemen adieu and uh i'm gonna say peace all right peace everybody
six figures on ice, bubbling. AJ type business, bubbling. Simon Crook franchise, bubbling. Coach with me in the Vega, bubbling. Sunny Jelly, he be drinking, I'm a bubbling. Please, Mr. DJ, play that song.